Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome. To Doc G Show, I'm your host, Doc G, with me as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus the Furnicus. Say what? Sure, Brett. Dr. Gordon. How's it going, sir? Good, man. Good. Yeah. I am I am fired up. I've got several things I am fired up about the show uh, right nice. now. Word. One, you nice. got an email, or you got an email. I emailed you about it. Dumb. I texted you, Mike, about this just the other day. I got a new poster coming. A yes, new poster did. for the studio from mm-hmm. the movie Lifeguard, everyone. Yes. Yep. I think I got it from like Etsy or something like that. Because, you know, it's, it's, somewhere on the internet, somebody makes crap for everyone for anything mm-hmm. these days. So, like, this isn't even, a, this isn't even like from the movie, listeners. Somebody made this artistic expression. Yeah. Of the movie, and I gotta <laughs> say, I'm very excited about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it has everything. It's got it all, listener. When it comes on, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna put some stories on social media. I'm just gonna post some pic, some hot pics of it in the studio to get everybody yeah. fired up. Not only that, Mike, but we also have so we we got great guests coming up. I've got the next month and a half of shows scheduled. Wow, month oh. and a half. We've got some good guests. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you all of the guests. Uh, after our first break, I'm gonna I'm gonna cool. let everybody in on them. They're good. We got a, we got one returning guest. I'm very excited about. Ooh, yeah. There we go. Yeah, but uh, I would say these things, Mike, are uh, trying to pick me up from being a little negative this weekend. Ooh, what's going on? Bad listicle. I, I got I got a little negative. I got a uh. little negative. I I watched some football, and I watched some fixer upper this weekend. Huh? Yeah, I, I know that is. I know that doesn't sound negative. That doesn't sound negative. Mike, are you you're aware of Fixer Upper, right? I mean, not really, but I I'm pretty sure I know. You know, it's a Fixer Upper house show. HGTV, yes, exactly. Yes. I like that stuff though. Yeah, yeah. With Chip, Chip and Joanne, they're just oh, uh, yeah. they're a lovable couple, and um, yeah. everything's always positive normally, right? Yeah. They find the house. There's a minor issue that needs to be solved in the middle of the program. They're like, oh, my God, the foundation needs to be reinforced. And they're like, what are we going to do? And then they always solve it by the end. And uh, th- they finish the house, and it looks amazing, and everybody lives happily ever after. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's it's good background noise, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but I, I think I might have been thinking a little negative when I was watching Fixer Upper. Because I was. Are you sad you can't flip houses for like triple their price after you? Uh, you know me, Mike. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not too. I'm not too focused on the economical gains. You know, I was, whatever. I was. I. I was. Isn't his last name Gaines? By the way, Chip and all the Gaines. Nice. All right. Anyways, a little Sorry, pun. Just, just pun action, folks. <laughs> um, I was watching the 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 show, and there was this young couple on the show. Right, mm-hmm. and like every decision they were making, they were the opposite decision. The guy would say one thing, the girl would say one thing. They were a train wreck of a couple. Ugh. 
and and even that's not good. If they look fairly happy, you know. Of course, it's a show. Yeah. They're like, oh, oh, they're saying this. I'm saying mm, this. You know, on TV. Yeah. yeah, and and then I started thinking since this this show is at least a couple of years old, it had to be like filmed in like 2014, 15, probably something like mm-hmm. that. I was like, I bet you this couple's divorced. <laughs> I bet you they no longer live in that house. Uh, that house is a sad memory of how they hate each other now. I was like, mm. I bet you that's it. And then I started thinking, it's got to be. Like, I, you know, the national average is half marriages end up in divorce. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was like, so probably close to half of the people that have been on this show no longer live in that house. One of them lives in that house. The other lives in a sad apartment by themselves. <laughs> you know? So I was just thinking negative, and I was like, you know what? I got, I got to switch out of this negativity. I'm gonna switch. I so I switched over to football. You know, that's not too yeah. negative. I can watch some football. You know. Yeah, it's all positive. But Once your team loses. Yeah, well, exactly. And I don't really have a team, Mike. So uh, mm-hmm. you, you have a team, the Dolphins. Those guys won Kinda. seventy to twenty, Mike. Did you see that? Whoa. Seventy. No, I don't watch to football. Twenty. <laughs> seventy to twenty. It's like a basketball score. It's insane. Oh, it was 70 to 20 was the score. 70 oh, to wow. 20. Yes. I've never heard of a NFL score that high. It was the highest score since the 60s, Mike. I want to say 61, oh, wow. 61 or 65, wow. something like that. It was insane, insane. But since you don't watch football, I'm guessing you didn't see the big to-do uh, this weekend, this past weekend about the NFL. Um, hmm, I don't think so. Pop star. Oh, yeah, I did see that. Yeah. Taylor Swift went to see Travis Kelsey mm-hmm. play football in Kansas City, Mike. And they left the game in his Camaro together. Wow. That's awesome. Good for him. Nope. No. Mike. No. I know there's almost no possibility that Travis Kelsey is listening to our show. That's a fact. But just in case he is, I want to say something to him. Trav? Trav, if you're out there. Travis? Travis? Listen to me. I know there's no reason you'd want to listen to me. I mean, why would you? (laughs) What could I possibly tell you? But trust me, man. I see it coming on the horizon like a sunrise. All right? (laughs) Don't. Do it. You don't want this smoke, Travis. You don't (laughs) want it. And Taylor Swift fans, before you jump on me, I'm not saying Taylor isn't a lovely lady. She's a magical and mystical and everything else. It's not her. Although I will say it does seem a little, little bit more than coincidental, Mike, that her Heirs Tour movie is coming out in three weeks. Mm Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest things that goes on in fall is football. And probably one of her weakest demographics are football watchers. Mm-hmm. She just happens to decide to date Travis Kelsey to get more uh, eyeballs in the demographic. She doesn't have a stranglehold on. Hmm. <laughs> Anyways, lovely lady, Mike. Lovely lady. Doctor, can I say, uh, I just want to congratulate Travis on his 400% increase in jersey sales. So, but hey, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> well, Mike, let me explain to you. that That's fantastic. 
but it's a no-win situation for Travis. That's a fact. It's no. gonna it's gonna be a roller coaster that ends with the coaster off the rollers. All right. Yeah. What? All right. There will be a song. <laughs> well, Travis. I don't know if you understand this, man. You are going to be relentlessly examined in every single possible way by the Swifties. Yeah. Taylor Swift has possibly the most fanatic base of supporters ever. Yeah. And they are siding with Taylor on anything and everything, regardless mm -hmm. of the rules of the universe. So true. And they are going to analyze everything she does with you or you do for her or is around her in any way mike do you know her last boyfriend do you remember her last boyfriend i uh, know joe alwyn joe alwyn who no offense to joe is best known for being taylor swift's boyfriend that's a fact. pretty much it he's a uh, english actor english actor. Oh, okay they went out for six years but Ooh. uh case in point Type Joe Alwyn into Google News. All 15 of the first stories are about Taylor Swift. There are none <laughs> that are about Joe Alwyn. It's Taylor Swift, and then it's like, oh, by the way, she used to date this weirdo. That's, that's pretty much it. Joe basically had to go into witness protection program after they broke up. He, wow. He went off of social media for six months, did not post a single thing for six months after they broke up. The second hmm. he posted something on social media, which was like a, like two weeks ago, 100,000 Swifties had analyzed the post for symbolism and allegories like it was an 11th grade art project. <laughs> They're like, you know what I say? It's a beach. Do you remember the song? Second album? Yes, obviously. He's reaching out to her. Here's what, like, <laughs> it's insane. And it's important to remember, Mike, Joe was a private guy. He kept to himself. Mm. Travis, you're not a private guy. Nope. I'm telling you, you don't want this, man. You don't want it. It's going to be the playoffs. You're going to post a picture of you, like, catching a football for a touchdown and the Swifties are going to be like, oh, my God, Travis is planning to break up with Taylor. Did you see this post? <laughs> People are going to be like, what? How, how do you know? And he's going to be like, it's obvious. Travis is catching the football in the end zone at the end of the game. That's symbolism for Taylor's single in game from uh, her third <laughs> single off of Reputation, which was her last album with Big Machine before she ended her contract. Mm. It's obvious he's planning on ending his contract with Taylor. This is horrible, right? That's going to be the kind of stuff <laughs> that he's going to have to deal with nonstop. Nonstop. Ugh. Trav, I'm mm. telling you, don't do it. Don't. Yeah. That's, that's, the kind, that's the kind of negativity that I went down, Mike. Mike, and I, I know I know, I took a trip down Debbie Downerville here, but I call them like I see them. And that's, yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's what I saw. Sounds you, like these people jump to conclusions. You know what? Here's how I'll change my mind, Mike. Here's <laughs> how I'll change my mind. You will get me on this bandwagon. I will be behind the Trav uh, Taylor, the uh, Tay Trav, uh, whatever Tay -trav. you want to call them. Trav Tay, I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> Swift, 
Trift Kel Swift. Swift. I, I will say, <laughs> we'll, we're going to workshop that. Um, but I will be on their bandwagon when Taylor Swift follows Travis Kelsey on social media. No follow. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's at she zero. Anybody. She's yeah, at zero. zero. I will change my tune. I will know it is true love if that changes to one, and it is Travis mm. Kelsey. And when that happens, I'll say, whoa, <laughs> whoa, I'm this is out. Official. Yeah, I'm out. This is I, I'm all in on their love. This is true. But until then, Travis, you don't want that smoke. Get out mm. of there. Get out yeah. of there. Mike, <laughs> I might have been too negative this weekend, but it's time to get positive because it's time to fire up the show. Let's fire up the show, Doc G. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and liftoff. We have a great group on the show this week. Pistols at Dawn. Say what? Their drummer coming on the show. Adam, he's going to talk with us about their new single they have. Uh, New album they're working on. All kinds of good stuff. Plus, I will go ahead and tell you right now, Mike, next week we have... The fantastic band Toad the Wet Sprocket coming on the show. My goodness. Awesome. Throwback. Just an amazing, amazing band as far as what they did in the 90s. My God, they were all over the charts. They've got a show coming October 5th. So we're going to have them on the show uh, October 4th. And then the next night, they are going to be in Ponte Vedra right down the road at the Ponte Vedra Concert Hall there, uh, rocking all the tunes, all their number nice. one jams. And uh, I'm very excited about having them on the show. Uh, my, my brother took a road trip just the other week, and I was telling him they were coming on the show, and he's like, oh, my God. They were on my rainy playlist for my road mm. trip. And I was like, rainy yeah. playlist. My, my, my brother goes by uh, uh, weather patterns. Oh, okay. Times of the I day. See, that's a good way to have playlist. That's y- a good yeah. theme for playlists. Yeah. Times of the day and weather patterns. So you know, Ooh. like warm summer night versus uh, cold uh, winter day. You know, <laughs> those kind of deals. I got to see this guy's playlist. They're very involved. Very involved, follow. Mike. I will um, subscribe. He he does not put them out for consumption. Oh, he doesn't. They are all uh. for himself. He is a very conceited man (laughs) what (laughs) anywho mike we need to start where we start birthday suits happy birthday mr president Mm. mike um you had an ofer last week but i think you can come back for a threefer this week let's do it let's do it 65 out of three uh, 65 and three-fourths out of 111 Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So here we go. Condensed clue, Mike. Probably her most famous song, Skater Boy. Avril Lavigne. Avril Lavigne. Yes. There it is. September 27th, 1984. Belleville, Mm, Canada. Yeah. Yeah, so she's turning 39, Mike, last year in the 30s. Got to live it up. Mm. Got to live it up for her. Uh, no when more she, skater boys. When she was a kid, <laughs> when she was 15, she uh, she won a contest apparently to perform with Shania Twain in front of 20,000 people. What? Yeah. Huge. Yeah, ju- jump into the fire right there. And she did. Like She, she was <clears throat> initially like doing like country and stuff. 
And then she got like into like the 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 skater crowd at uh, hmm. school, and that's what she got all into into. She punk. rebelled. Yeah, punk pop there. Uh, but then her <laughs> first album was Let's Go, that had uh, complicated on it. That had Skater Boy, uh, mm-hmm. and this this sucks for her. She was nominated for eight Grammys for that album. Eight, one zero. Girl, come on. Zero. Oh, yeah. Oh, for eight. That sucks. I mean, mm. like, you got to think, when you get nominated for eight, you're like, I'm coming home with at least two, you know? And then yeah. zero. Zero. That really, the 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 saying, well, just to get nominated, really does not count for a person that got eight. You're like, no. I want it one. I want it one, man. <laughs> Come on. Uh, anyway. Eight she, nominations. You should just get a Grammy for just being exactly. nominated eight times, right? Ex- you accumulate <laughs> enough. It's like, all right. It's, uh, you got the uh, eight nominations. Grammy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she released her second album, which was Under My Skin. That sold over 10 million copies. And then her third album had the classic single, Girlfriend. Say what? Uh, in all, she had seven albums. She's put out seven albums, Mike. Side note, I didn't really, re- I forgot this. She was married to Chad Kroger from Nickelback for two years. Which one was he? Was you he know. the lead singer? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, guy with blonde hair and the goatee. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I completely forgot that. The main, I mean, the main guy, yeah. They're both they're both Canadian, but I mean, you know, there's like 150 million other Canadians. So, uh, you True. know, that doesn't really put too much on it. But uh, anyways, happy birthday to Avril mm. Lavigne, turning, like I said, 39. Happy birthday, Avril. Mike, need to rip some headlines. Are you ready? Yes, sir. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. All right, uh, Mike, let's start ripping from the headlines here that all Doc G listeners care about the most. Mm -hmm. Archaeology news. I love it. Mm -hmm. What do we got? What did they find? Apparently, archaeologists have unearthed the oldest wooden structure modified by humans. In a hmm. river bank of Zambia. Oh. This wooden structure is dated to be almost 500,000 years old, Mike. 500,000? Yeah. That's a yeah. lot of years. The, the structure is made up of two interlocking logs with a notch that is deliberately crafted at right angles. Hmm. Seems to be made by stone tools. Some of the researchers compared the building technique to Lincoln Logs. Mm. Yeah. It's yeah. a good comparison. Yeah. And they used a new... They, <laughs> it's one that a lot of people can relate to, you know? Relatable. Yeah. yeah, I yeah, know yeah, that. Yeah. I mean... For sure, I'd, for sure. I'd be really surprised if they if the people from <laughs> 500,000 years ago made it look like Legos, you know? Like... You know, yeah. <laughs> six little circles on the top. Wow, that's impressive. Um, but uh, they used a dating method to age uh, to to find the age of the wooden structure. Mike, they found the wooden structure four hundred and seventy six thousand years old, and then they determined that the four wooden tools that they also found at the site—a wedge, a digging stick, a cut log, and a notch branch—they found that those dated back to three hundred and twenty four thousand years old. Hmm. Hmm. Which I got to say, that was the part that I was really stuck on. 
Like, they've got a wooden structure. They've got these tools. And they're 150,000 years apart? Yeah. Like... Let's pick up where we left off. (laughs) Yeah. Well, like, we're only 2,800 years away from ancient Greece. Like, 150,000? Like, that's an insane amount of time. You're telling me that people were hanging out in this exact spot? (laughs) <laughs> for 150,000 years? And not only that, but the best innovations they came up with were like, hey, I, I made a digging stick. Mm. I got that. Like, Genius. that's all, <laughs> all they came up with? Like, yeah, I don't know. I just felt, I was like, all right. And, and like, I obviously, like, I know archaeologist jobs aren't easy. They're basically supposed to explain everything that became came before us. But, like, I just, like, you know, when it's 150,000 years apart, like, what happened in between? Ah, we have no idea. And it's like, yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know. Nah. Anyways, good find, guys. Very interesting. 476,000. Um, exactly. Go play <laughs> with some. It's fun. Uh, Mike, big news. Big news. Listeners know on this show that we are fans of Richard Simmons. Yes, we are. Woohoo! Listeners, real quick, under the age of 25, Richard Simmons was a fitness icon because he likes to sweat to the oldies and he helped people mm-hmm. lose weight by dancing their cares away. Exactly. Yes. Then about 12 years ago, he just sort of stopped doing anything in the public. He just left, right? But I've got big news. Polly Shore has decided that he wants to make a biopic movie about Richard Simmons, where he plays Richard Simmons. <laughs> yes. That's great. Yes. Perfect. He's perfect. Apparently, there was a meme that was going around, and it was like, you know, one day there will be a movie about Richard Simmons, and Polly Shore will play Richard Simmons. And he saw this and was like, yeah, that day is today. I'm going to do it, right? But there's one problem, Mike. Uh, apparently, uh, Richard Simmons doesn't seem interested in this movie at all. Because oh. Polly actually has Richard Simmons' number. He has Richard Simmons' number, and he called up Richard, and <laughs> Richard was like, uh, nah, pass. Hey, Richard, you want to? <laughs> uh, hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. <laughs> uh, I got to practice my Polly. I can't do practice. it. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't do it either. But regardless, uh, he doesn't want to do the movie. He's not mm. interested in doing the movie. Um, but Mike, he, he said he's going to wear him down. He said he's going to wear him down. And Mike, I'm going to tell you right now, if this movie comes out, we are immediately having a movie review on the show. Yes, we about are. About that movie. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. You will have to avoid the the show if you want to see the movie. In fact, Mike, I may come to Las Vegas. We might have to watch this together. Let's take, do it. Take notes as this. You seeing this right now? Yeah. Right now. Can you believe those shorts? I'm getting a pair. That's totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We have to dress up. I, so this is the thing, too. Um it, it's obvious uh, the Polly Shore, uh, he has a very Richard Simmons look to him. Yeah, he does. What just, is that? Just slightly stoned. But yeah. I think what he needs to do is he needs to practice on his Richard for a little bit. You know? Yeah. 
really just go into that method acting for a while. And then Polly did say he was going to put together like a 10-minute preview so Richard could see what he was talking about. And I think, you know, he's he's really got to own it at that time. He's got to get yeah, in does. there and get get, you know, get into the Richard vibe so it can happen. I want to see it happen, yeah. Mike. Me too. I Me too. I want to see it happen. Also, side note, Will Dorado, who we we've, we've had on the show, uh, they were actually hanging out with Polly Shore yesterday. What? Uh-huh. Shout out to Will Dorado for hanging out with Polly Shore. Were they, uh, is that in Austin or Vegas? I think it was Austin, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. was. It looked like it. Uh, He was actually, it was wild, because I saw him talking about the whole um, Richard Simmons thing, and it was on TMZ Live that he was talking Mm, about that. And he was was wearing a bandana and this shirt, and he was wearing the same thing in Will Dorado's videos with him. And I was like, oh, wild. I just saw him on TMZ, and now he's in these videos. My goodness. Gosh celebrities oh my gosh celebs mike uh you know who knows how to have a good time tom brady oh yeah that he does <laughs> now that he's retired he does that's true but no that's not who i was looking for at this point in time i was gonna say mike the dutch word the dutch the dutch okay and i've got a little evidence of why they know how to have a good time right here mike in the town of Dorn. In the town of Dorn, there's a group of townhouses, and they've caused a little bit of a stir because they decided to put up solar panels. Hmm. Now, the solar panels aren't the you know the issue. Um, it's how they decided to put their solar panels in design. So they decided when they put their solar panels up on their uh, roof, Mike, they were going to spell out L-U-L. Which I'm guessing uh, is pronounced lol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, lol, if you don't know, is basically slang for penis in Dutch. What? So basically, mm-hmm. these guys spelled out in solar panels on their roof. Sweet. Now, most of the folks in the neighborhood found this hilarious and were very happy about the new roof. But there's one Sally stick in the mud from the local council that wants to start an investigation on how they decided to put up their panels. Girl, come on. Come on. Come on. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. Don't do it. I mean, just think just think of how great it is when somebody's like, hey, did you move? Yeah, I live in a new place. Where are you living now? You know the house? Yeah. Are you at the I am. Oh my god, that's so awesome! <laughs> what kind of? That's great advertisement for your townhouse. Yeah, mm-hmm. Jeez, get out of here with the Sally stick in the mud. Anyways, Mike, I've got bad news from Baltimore, or well, bad news for Baltimore high schools. Oh, yeah. Here, here's the headline. Uh, quote: At Baltimore's five best high schools, eleven percent of students tested proficient on state math exam. Hmm. 11. Okay. That sounds 11. bad. <laughs> I'm not good at math. Is that bad? <laughs> I was about to say, Mike, I would imagine the five schools were initially uh, no. very excited about this headline on, until someone informed them that 11% is actually a bad percentage. 
<laughs> oh, geez, I thought that was out of 20%. What? You're saying it's, oh, that's not possible. It's always out of 100%. Oh. Mm. So, that's, oh, so they we're going to need to bring that one up. Okay. All right. Oh, 11%, Mike. They need more. They need more people passing that exam. That's not good. Mike, uh, little little news update from our uh, our friends down south there in Fort Lauderdale. Um, so uh, they had a rough week last week. Word. Apparently, last week, the city of Fort Lauderdale found out that they paid $1.2 million to a fishing scheme. Huh? Yeah. So a fishing group posed as a construction company, Moss Construction, and sent an invoice for $1.2 million to the city for work that apparently seemed legitimate to the city. And the city was like, cool, there you go. There's $1.2 million. What's your Venmo? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And now... They're afraid, depending on where the fishing group is, they won't be able to get the money back. You know, if it mm. was like in like Russia or North Korea or somewhere like that, they won't be able to get it back. Um, Reggie Andre at uh, Arc Solvers Cybersecurity said, uh, we're seeing this now all the time. But then Reggie expressed surprise when he said uh, he, he was very surprised at the lack of checks and balances given the substantial sum involved and cautioned against such unverified transfers. And I got to side with uh, Reggie on this one, uh, <laughs> city of, of Fort Lauderdale. I mean, what the f- are you doing in your accounting department? Like, I mean, I know Fort Lauderdale is big and they've got a lot of money, but it seems like $1.2 million like, should have been at least approved by at least a couple of people. Like, you know, three, four, five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a and it, fair and at least at one of those people would have been like, hey, did that actually come from Moss Construction? And they'd be like, yeah, yeah, it came from it. What's the email on that address? Uh, scammers posing as Moss Construction <laughs> at yahoo.com. <laughs> Pretty legit, right? That's 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 it. Like, just come <laughs> on. Like, I have, uh, a fe- I have a feeling even the scammers were like, that actually worked. We got the money. They just <laughs> gave it to us. Wow. Right, we got to try this more often, man. Like Nigerian prince is old. Exactly. Try some new stuff. <laughs> yeah, try the old moss construction again. Throw this one out there. See if we can get it. A little ridiculous, Mike. But regardless. Regardless, we are going to take a break. We are going to hear from our guests. This is Pistols at Dawn right here on the Doc G Show.
are back. Say what? Here on the Doc G Show, Spinnick Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Mike, what do the listeners need to do? Well, Doc G, if the listeners feel like the show is a positive way to waste their time, they should please subscribe on Apple or Spotify or wherever they listen to podcasts. It is a cost-effective way to support the show. And of course, if the listeners are feeling extra generous, they should please leave us a five-star review. Bonus points. They leave us a comment. We love those Mm -hmm. comments. Amen, Mike. Mike, we need to shout out the five-star listeners. We do. We do. You know what? I'm going to go a little bit slow today because I want them to get their due. I'm not going to try to go. I'm just going to go through them. Jacksonville, Florida, our home base, of course. Shout out to them. Appreciate you. Thank you for the regulars. Columbia, South Carolina, my old stomping grounds, the center of of the Midlands of South Carolina. Mm. We appreciate it. Radford, Virginia, home of the Highlanders. Thank you for listening. Gainesville, Florida, home of the Gators, home of Tom Petty. Mm. Thank you. Say what? Frankfurt, Germany, home of sausages. Do we do sausages there? Yeah, I don't know. You know what? Frankfurt, Germany, I'm looking it up. We're going to (laughs) find something for you. So true. Coming your way next week. Uh, Anoka, Minnesota, home of cold, horrible winters that I don't want to be a part of. Shout out to you guys. Thank you for listening. Ashburn, Virginia. Those are our ride or dies right there in Ashburn. They have been listening, Mike, ever since the Jacksonville folks have been listening. And you know what? Shout out to you guys in Ashburn. That's a fact. Piracai, Brazil. Our regulars in Piracai. We love them. We love love those guys. San Diego, California, the only place that sometimes I'm jealous of their weather. It's it's <laughs> the only place that beats out Floridian weather every now and then. Next on the list, somewhere I'm definitely not jealous of their weather, Dublin, Ireland. Not jealous whatsoever. No way. But I am jealous of your awesome accents. They yeah. are kicking. Great accents. Shout out to Boardman, Oregon. Boardman, Oregon. Nah, I don't really have anything for you guys. <laughs> what? But... Shout out to you nonetheless. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Genoa, Italy, also regulars for a very, very long time. Yeah, they we are. We thank you guys for listening. Richardson, Texas. Everything's bigger in Texas. Uh, I forget. We looked up something for Richard. Now I'm going to have to go back and look. There, there was there was a landmark there that now I can't remember what we were, we were going off of with Richardson. But thank you, Richardson. Barcelona, Spain. Shout out to Barcelona. Just all kinds of awesome things in Barcelona. I can't oh, help sure. but I can't help but think of the dream team. I'm sorry, Barcelona. Paella, 92- Paella yep. too. By the way, yeah, Paella. Love it. I think of the '92 Olympics. That's what I think of. The dream yeah. team just mm-hmm. takes me back. Takes me back. Winfield, West Virginia. Shout out to you guys. You know what, West Virginia? You're depressed. You're not sleeping. <laughs> But you're still alive, and we love you for it. Yeah, Thank you, guys. Biloxi, Mississippi. Shout out to Biloxi, mm-hmm. a place of great gambling. Yes. And we appreciate the listens. Tulsa, Oklahoma, home of Will Dorado. Thank you for listening, guys. Shout out. Woo-hoo. Peoria, Illinois, where uh, the Chicago uh, Chicago Bulls used to uh, train. They used oh. to have, uh, yeah, off-season training in Peoria. Shout out. Um nice. 
uh, Michael Jordan has a little bit of story about Peoria when he first gets on the Bulls, and that's where they're training. A little story hmm. from there. Katie, Texas. Shout out to Katie, Texas. Tom's River, New Jersey. Shout out to Tom's River. Olive Branch, Mississippi. Shout out to Olive Branch. Asheville, North Carolina. The, the mountain city of North Carolina. Shout out to you guys. Home of Town Mountain from the show. Uh, Los Angeles, California. The old... The old city of dreams. Mm-hmm. Shout out to you guys. Spartansburg, South Carolina, in the highlands of South Carolina. Shout out to you guys. Athens, Georgia, home of perpetual groove, home of hotel fiction. Two bands that we absolutely love on the show. So we do. Shout out to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, home of the Bengal Bayou Tigers. Shout out to Chicago, Illinois, home of the J-Chips. Yes. And shout out, lastly, to Boynton, Virginia. Shout out. Mike, I felt like we had to go a little bit more into detail Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, sometimes every now and then I go through them fast. And I'm like, I go through the four stars way shorter than I go through the the originals, you know? Yeah. The the five stars. So I had to give them some love. Shout out to you guys. We, We appreciate the listens. We appreciate <laughs> so the four listens. stars fast fast motion. This yeah, time. <laughs> well, I can't. I have not. I have not learned this pattern. I would go okay. through them really fast, but I will just screw uh, it up completely. Hilarious. Blacksburg, Virginia. Shout out to Blacksburg, sister city there of Radford, right down the road, home of Virginia Tech. Santa Ana, California. Shout out to you guys. Dunlap, Tennessee. Shout out to you guys. Oklahoma City, OKC. Mm-hmm. Portland, Oregon. Shout out to Portland. Keep you guys weird. That's what I always hear. Mike, you you been to a Portland? Uh, no. Want to go though? Really, really. It's weird. Go. Yeah. That's that's what they say. Charlotte, North Carolina, Queen City. You've been to Charlotte, right? Oh yeah, a couple yeah. shows. Yeah. Queen City, nice place. Shout out mm-hmm. to shout out to the Queen City. Coons Ra- Coon Rapids, Minnesota. Shout out to you guys. Rochester, New York. Shout out to Rochester. Mountain View, California. Mike, this is exciting, especially after our uh, Mike C Top 3 last week. Tokyo, Japan. Hey, Shout out to Tokyo. Tokyo. Yeah. Sao Paulo, Brazil. And uh, Odenton, Maryland. There we go. Shout we go. out. Now, Mike, before we go to our... Um, interview with adam from pistols at dawn i've got to pull two things out of the old miscellaneous file here um and uh they're two negative things again these were thoughts from the weekend so i did not shake my negative thoughts so i gotta i gotta just pre-warn you guys it's not super positive i was reading an article on death mike uh someone dying Mm -hmm. right yeah and, and and I I feel like I need to address this phrase dying of natural causes. Yeah. I think I think this term has been mutated, Mike. Hmm. What do you mean? Well, originally it it meant it was meant to differentiate people from dying as far as accident or murder and people dying of some kind of pathological cause, hmm. right? I got gotcha. you. But I think some people just think it as it, like, you know, I think people think of it as being like a peaceful death. Like it doesn't have to be. Cancer is natural. That's a natural cause. 
heart attack is natural. They weren't formed by a wizard or a lab synthetically. Hmm. These are these are natural. That's a fact. So like you know, dying of natural. Because like every now and then I'll hear like on the you know like on the news like they'll be like they died of natural causes. I'm like oh, uh, that's not happy. That sounds nice. Give me give me a negative on that. Like they died of natural causes. It sucked. Ass. <laughs> Nobody wants to go from cancer. That's horrible. Like you know, just, yeah. I don't know. It just I felt like I was like ah. Needed to point it out. The second thing is very important, Mike. Second thing, uh, now that I've pumped everybody up with a happy story about <laughs> phrasing the way people die, I've got to bring you down a little bit more. And Let's go. this is what I got to talk about, Mike. If you go to the grocery store, stop walking in the exit door. That's a fact. Yeah, what are It annoys doing? me, Mike. Losers. It annoys me to no end. I, and I heard somebody the other day say, you can walk through the exit door. It doesn't matter. It does matter. It matters it a lot. Yeah, it does. The carts are positioned to be used from the entrance. Mm. People are leaving in the exit from the cash registers out the exit door. You screw everything up because you're too lazy to walk 25 feet to the other door. Oh, come on. Not good, Mike. Not good. If they didn't have a preference of what door you were supposed to use, they wouldn't have a giant sign over each door that says entrance and exit. They'd just say, do whatever the you want, and that would be the sign above it. It'd be a weird sign, and it'd be probably too <laughs> long for a sign above a door. But they'd have something along those lines. And then, on some stores, Mike, they don't even have motion sensors on the exit door. Mm. People have to wait until somebody leaves and then they sneak their way into the exit side. Still don't want to walk an extra 25 feet. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that's annoying. And for anybody out there that thinks I'm wrong on this one, let me ask you something. I have an entrance, do entrance door on my body and an exit door on my body. How healthy do you think it would be if I started pulling a South Park and just shoving food up? Mm. Would that be a good idea? <laughs> Probably, Enemas yeah, <laughs> all day. Probably uh, being disgusting. a bad idea. Yeah. Anyways, be a painful Mike, way to eat. All right. Now we need to offset the negativity right now. And you know how I'm going to do it? I'm going to do it by telling you what shows are coming up on, uh, uh, coming up here in the next six weeks. I'm very excited. Mm. We've got Toad the Wet Sprocket next week. Can't wait. It's going to be a fantastic. We've got Dean Denning, original member of Toad the Wet Sprocket. Of course, it's original member because they've never broken up. They're all mm. original members. That's awesome. Right? Yeah, it is. It's fantastic. Now, well, they did, they did take a hiatus. They broke from each other for a couple of years, but they didn't put any other different band members in there. So, Gotcha. Regardless, they've been together now. Uh, they've been together now almost as long as Avril Lavigne's been alive. Oh, wow. They're two years behind Avril Lavigne. They've been together since 1986, these guys. Wow. Give it up. Toad the wet sprocket. Then on October 11th, we got Joanne Shaw Taylor. My goodness, Mike. Can she sing and can she play guitar? Holy Lord, can she play guitar. So true. She is like Stevie Ray Vaughan. It is insane. Mm. You watch some of her videos, and it's just noodle neck, just going up and down that guitar, man. It is crazy. And she has a fantastic accent because she's British, so can't wait Love to that. talk to her. Yeah. yeah. 
on the 18th, cashed out. Fantastic reggae band from your hometown, Mike, Orlando. These guys are terrific. Love Cash Out. We've had a we've we've talked to a lot of bands that have made great music with Cash Out. That's a fact. Ballyhoo, Bumpin' Uglies, Tropidelic, Common Kings, you name it, they've done it. Can't wait to have Cash Out on the show. Then the 25th, we've got Trey Lewis, big time up and comer in the old country scene. He's, uh, I think he's over 2 million monthly listeners on Spotify. He's killing the game. Yeah. He's big pals with uh, Hayden Kaufman, who Hayden Kaufman, shout out to Hayden, because you know what Hayden does? He likes every single post the Doc G Show puts out, and we we support that. We appreciate that, yeah. 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 You know who does, Who you know who else does that, Mike? Old fat lesbians. Mm-hmm. They do that. Shout out to them. <laughs> Love Shout out to them. Love They're them. not coming on the show right now, but it's Trey Lewis that's coming on the show. I'm very excited about him. Uh, and then November 1st, Steep Canyon Rangers. Steep Canyon Rangers, Grammy winners in the bluegrass uh, world, Mike. They've mm. won a Grammy. Add that again to the number of Grammy artists that we've had on the show. Not Avril Lavigne, uh, <laughs> but some other folks that have been on our show then, Mike, very excited. On the 8th of November, we have returning guest, Blackberry Smoke. Cool. Woo-hoo. Blackberry Smoke, Mike. And I want to give a shout-out right now. I know they don't care, but they were one of the first big bands that ever came on the show. They gave me confidence that people would actually come onto the show uh, even though I'm a nobody and the show's a nothing. And I was like, holy crap! <laughs> This band actually plays in front of people, and they're coming on the show. This is awesome. So true. And I was so jacked. They were on. Uh, they were on the second uh, Thanksgiving special, and they made it. Uh, they made it very important for me to get a very big guest for the Thanksgiving special because they made it such an important thing. And I was like, "Well, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta bring that heat every single year." <laughs> So yeah. they're they're coming back six years after their first time on the Doc G show. Very happy to have Blackberry Smoke back on the show. But Mike, we need to go ahead and go to our interview. We will be right back with none other than Adam from Pistols at Dawn. Because sometimes you need something playing in the background. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 99.5 FM, Spinnaker. This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio. WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We are very happy to be welcoming Adam Jeffs, founding member of the Pistols at Dawn, drummer of Pistols at Dawn. The fellas have a new single out, just came out. Uh, it's the radio edit of Fly. Adam, how you doing? 
What's up, my brother? Thank you so much for having us today. It's an honor. For sure. For sure. Uh, I want to, you know, start where we usually start, which is uh, taking the the listeners back as far as your sort of music history. So you started Pistols at, uh, at Dawn back in 2015, but of course you were you were drumming way before that. Uh, you, <laughs> you, you, uh, so, so, so it's a funny story. So when I was six years old, my parents were divorced and my dad's very first girlfriend after, after their marriage wanted to mother off. So she bought me a drum set. <laughs> what did it work? Was your, was your mom off? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she was. But my mother got rid of the drum set, but unfortunately it stuck. So then I had to have another, another kit, and you know, so on and so forth throughout my my uh, earliest years until uh, a cousin of mine. Uh, it was his dying wish; he had cancer, and uh, his dying wish was to have a drum set before he died. And unfortunately, he passed away shortly after getting it. And I don't know how my my mom and my and a cousin of mine they got in touch, and I guess they had been discussing the fact that I was looking for a new one and. And that was kind of the first real drum set I had and took lessons on and, you know, uh, decided Man. I wanted to be a rocker. Man, and so she, she, had, she had basically given up at that point as far as trying to stop you from playing the drums. She was like, all right, let's, yeah. I better, better follow this passion now. We better go ahead and go for it. <laughs> exactly. I had no choice at that point. Well, now, I it, mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I, it was like, it was in my DNA, and I think I just had to admit it to myself later in life. Well, you, you, uh, I, I, I saw like once you got that drum set, uh, and and you really started taking it serious. You actually took lessons for a couple of years, and yeah, Atlanta, Atlanta's a big, big music town, you know, uh, big rock town, mm-hmm. and everybody knows everybody. Well, there was a big drum store called Atlanta Pro Percussion, and. I took lessons there for a couple of years and really learned how to play as a true musician, and and uh, that was it. I was hooked. I just wanted to be in rock bands. So you you were you were actually doing the work. You were actually putting in the rudiment work there to start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I'm always I'm always mesmerized by people who say that they they're self taught and stuff like that. Um, I actually took lessons for two and a half years from two different pros who. But, you know, my lessons really weren't weren't like so much, uh, you know, high school band type stuff. Right. It was more, I want to be a rock star, so teach me how to be in a band. And so yeah. they literally taught me how to play songs and write for songs from when I was very little. Nice, nice. Did they actually, like, they, they go over, like, all sort of music theory, or was it all just straight drums? Straight drums. I mean, literally, I remember my first teacher... He walked in and, and he's like, "Okay, so who do you want to learn?" And I was like, "Neil Perk." And I swear to God, I'm going to the top. Know, I didn't know anything. He's he's like he's like, "All right, pick a song." I was like, uh, "I think it was Free Free Will." Mm-hmm. And he's like he's like, "Okay, here's here's the way it's going to work. We're going to take Free Will, and basically I'm going to teach you how to play the drums by playing every single part of Free Will." And literally, that's that's how we started. You know, I had drum books and stuff, but. Yeah. But it, and he taught me how to read free will, and it just kind of grew from there. And I mean, if you can play part of free will, yeah, <laughs> you can play anything. <laughs> I mean, that's not an easy. I, I feel like most you got to have some natural talent in there somewhere to sort of learn yeah. on that song because I feel like most people would just be like, you know what, 
uh, not doing this is easier than learning free will. Let's just go ahead. I, I, I was naive. I was naive. I, you know, I didn't know what I was saying. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a song. I can uh, just teach me how to play it. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I will, uh, I will, uh, I'll get to him in a little bit, but your, your current guitarist in the, in the band, I mean, it sort of seems like the same way with him because I, 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 I was reading, a. uh, comment he had on uh instagram about him learning to play the guitar and he was like oh and that's once i started looking at eddie van halen and this is the first eddie van halen song i started uh learned all the way through and i was just like what you started there that's so, what you went so, will will and i are slightly different like it drums came to me very easily mm -hmm. um and and i was always able to play in bands my you know since i was really little uh, Will is a prodigy. I mean, Will is second to, second to no one I've ever met. Uh, the guy can play anything, anywhere, anytime, and with the biggest smile on his face. And he's he is a special guitarist who people are going to be talking about for a very, very long time, like Eddie Van Halen. Absolutely. And he got to open for Wolfgang Van Halen and Mark Tremonti soloing to open our set. Mm. Mm. It was. Uh, I mean, I, I could definitely watch him for for a good while. Uh, just just soloing for sure. Uh, oh. Well, I, I've heard you bring up artists that that inspire the band, inspire you. Um, you know, it, it's all over the board. You get Guns and Roses and Tool and Aerosmith, Living Color, Metallica, and on and on and on. Do you remember a particular artist? Like, I mean, obviously you just brought up uh, Rush there as far as learning to play the drums, but was there a particular artist? Was that it that you were like, I've got to play the drums. i got to be in a rock band. Uh, yeah, yeah. I would say Steven Adler, Appetite for Destruction, uh, playing uh, the beginning, the intro hi-hat to Welcome to the Jungle, mm -hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I was just, I was like, I have to play this. I have to learn how to play this, and I have to play the whole song. And I used to just sit in my bedroom on my kit. My my mom didn't have a choice. And uh, when I was, in, you know, in school, and and she, I was just, I just played incessantly and just turned the stereo on and, you know, push play, and I would just play all night and uh, over and over and over and over and over and playing along with Guns N' Roses and. Phil Rudd. I mean, I mean, I had. I'm the type of drummer who's in the pocket and I play really hard. So things like Back in Black and and um, um, Highway to Hell, stuff like that. It's just like in my wheelhouse. And obviously, you know, growing up and seeing Lars, uh, seeing Lars get on top of his throne and dude, he's such a. You know, people don't give him. People like to diss him because he's the biggest metal drummer in history yeah um whether they like it or not uh but the reality is he's such an entertainer yeah and that that's what really got me and shannon larkin oh, uh, same thing and and you know going up to morgan rose you know and yeah. these guys are entertainers man they 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 throw down and they entertain people and they bring you in and they make you feel things and they let you truly disappear if you're a drummer and uh those are kind of the guys that i uh you know, Stephen Perkins. Those are the guys that I kind of grew up with Shan and Shannon, had to had to be like. Shannon Larkin makes it uh, makes it look effortless. I like. Oh well, I mean, he he put he shows the effort when he needs to, obviously. But it's just like, I mean, 
Gosh, I love I love watching his videos of, of just him straight drumming. It's 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 super impressive. And and Steven Adler, his he he's in the pocket, but his is a shuffle pocket. You know, Phil oh, dude. Phil Rudd's he got that straightforward. Yeah, he's got that yeah. straightforward. Steven Adler doesn't get enough credit. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And then uh, like you mentioned, Lars, I think you know Lars. It's funny because I love going back the the behind the music of Metallica, um, you know, and the behind the I I'll never forget that because like when they first started playing together, Lars, they, he like had this crappy kit and he said he got there with James and they're like playing and the cymbal keeps falling over every time he's hitting it and like and James is like this guy this guy played before who's this guy like and like. You, you get that mind stuck in your head and you you are you're like oh who who is this guy but he's i mean he's done so much over the last 40 years and that's the thing i always give like metallica it's just so impressive like their whole career they are yeah. just they're consummate professionals like they just keep practicing keep playing and they love it they're just four dudes that want to play rock that's it like and that's yeah. what they're all and and I mean that's the thing you see them live and you're just like yeah they're still doing it they're still they're still and, and 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 filling stadiums yeah exactly exactly well you're I mean you're an overall music lover actually I I saw in uh, one article I uh, that you were nine years old you went to see Prince with a babysitter yeah so yeah so <laughs> my parents asked me what I wanted you know most kids want a new bike or whatever and I was like. Oh, I want to see print, you know, I want to see print. Yes. So they literally got, got us tickets, uh, me and a babysitter at the nice. time. And, you know, she took me to see Prince and it was, it was, it, it changed me. Nice, you know? man. That, yeah. That's a, that, that's a show to see. That is. I was, I was lucky to see him. Man, man. Well, I mean, now you, you, like you said, you grew up in Atlanta, um, yeah. This is one of my favorite non-music questions. I love Atlanta. My brother went to Georgia Tech. Uh, and if I'm coming to Atlanta and I call you up and I'm like, Adam, I need a place to eat. Where's your go-to like Atlanta establishment that you would say I need to go to? Ooh, that that is it's tough. tough. It depends. Yeah. Wait, what, what, the go-to Atlanta establishment. I, I'd probably tell you to go to a place called Rumi's Kitchen. Rumi's kitchen. Uh, Rumi's kitchen is a Persian grill in Atlanta and you will go there and it will be one of the best meals of your existence. It is, it is just a special place and they make the best grilled meats and fish. I mean, I don't know. They marinate it in dope. That's all I can tell you. They, it's, it's so good and you just want to rub it all over your body. <laughs> it's, it's that, it's that, it's that good. I, I would suggest Rumi's. All right, I, I I like it. Anytime I get one that I haven't been to, of course, in Atlanta, I'm I'm all about. I think of I think I've uh, overdone all the the soul food places. I think I've yeah, most do. <laughs> I mean, come on, it's so good. Uh, okay, yeah. now that I have got my food question out of the way, back to music. Once uh, once you started uh, playing drums and you were serious about it, you obviously had bands before. Pistols at Dawn. How many? How many bands were you you in before Pistols at Dawn? Uh, 
You know, it was probably like seven, eight bands. Mm-hmm. Uh, Atlanta's a, Atlanta, Atlanta has a nice music, a nice rock scene mm-hmm. amongst country and hip hop and everything else. Yeah, and we all know everybody knows everybody, and everybody plays with everybody, and everybody plays all the same clubs. Mm-hmm. You know, growing up, we were all in various bands with one another. You know, and you know, some of us got bigger than others, and then I guess by the time that we put together Pistols of Dawn, it was kind of like we got some of the best musicians from Atlanta mm-hmm. and put together kind of this little super group. And at the beginning, we, you know, we didn't have much of a plan. Um, but I guess after we got together and we were together for a few months and we started writing some songs, I was just like, you know, we got to get in the studio. We got to put this thing out. That's kind of how it all started. Nice. Now, before you got to Pistols at Dawn, were those other bands, were they like all sort of genres of rock? Or were they sort of still the same idea that you have with Pistols at Dawn? Same idea. Pistols at Dawn is just more refined. Pistols okay. at Dawn is just more pro, more elite. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's at their at the highest level of playing, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Versus, you know, those other bands were the bands you had to cut your teeth on and play tons of crazy shows and in, in crazy venues and... You know, you, you have to go, you have to pay your dues if you're going to be a yeah. touring musician, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Successful musician. And, uh, you know, we all played in those bands and kind of culminated mm-hmm. with Pistols at Dawn. So so none of those were uh, Prince cover bands that you had before that? <laughs> no, no, no. All, you know, it's funny. I, ne- I was never in a cover band. Not ever. It was always original and it was always rock, mainstream radio rock. And, uh, you know, the sound just evolved over time. But I can genuinely tell you, like, even when we did Pistols at Dawn, Gauntlet, our first two singles, Gauntlet and uh, Cold, uh, were literally, you know, kind of from that cloth mm-hmm. of the old school. Mm-hmm. You know, we kind of brought those in. And, and even as you get into our EP, our first EP, and then, our, and then Ascension, the current album, you know, it, it, it evolved from there. But it's always got kind of the heart and soul of our old music that we've been playing since we were little. Yeah. Um, we always... And, and, and I don't want to sound like egotistical, but we knew we knew a hundred years ago, you know, that we had something. Mm-hmm. We just weren't old enough, mature enough, smart enough, wise enough, you know, experienced enough to actually do anything correctly with it in the music industry. Yeah. You know, you grow up, oh, I'm going to be a rock star. Okay, we'll go write some tunes. Okay, great. I've got great tunes. Now what? Mm-hmm. You know, everybody thinks they know or they know somebody who knows. It's all nonsense. When you actually commit to be a pro... Um, this is a monster commitment and a monster amount of work and a monster amount of information that you have to, to weave your way through mm-hmm. in order to actually get to where we are now. And that's really what happened in 20. For sure. Well, now, like, like I said, you started the band in 2015 as far as Pistols at Dawn. Yeah. And that was with Devin. Yeah. Uh, so, so Devin... And a guy named Mike Buffa, who was a shredder guitarist, mm-hmm. and uh, a guy named Billy Sullivan, who was the bassist, mm-hmm. the original bassist. Uh, the four of us got together and we wrote, and um, you know, we decided we had some tunes, and we went into the studio and recorded "Cold and Gauntlet," and it was amazing. And "Cold and Gauntlet" are downstreamed a gazillion times now, and we play them pretty much every single show yeah uh and we have we've got amazing videos for them and it's the type of thing where where we knew we had something special we go into the studio 
And then after the studio, unfortunately, you know, and that's why I say it really the commitment and music industry, you know, we had some issues, mm -hmm. you know, the typical early band issues after you record stuff and what are we going to do with it? Where's it going to go? And is it good enough? And blah, blah, blah. So we kind of took a break for a while. Mm -hmm. We went on hiatus. And then after going on hiatus for a while, you know, there was some band stuff that went on. Uh, uh, one of the guys, Mike Buffa, got cancer. Mm -hmm. And uh, unfortunately, I guess a few years later, we had just kind of stopped at that point and he passed away, got, uh, um, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And um, I get a call from Devin the day of his funeral. I was in Las Vegas for a trip or something. And Devin called me and he's like, dude, I just left Mike's funeral. We've got to finish this thing. We've got to do this thing. And I was just like, I was just like, <laughs> you say the word, I'm in. You know, I, I wanted to play. Mm -hmm. And um, me, him, and uh, Devin, Billy, and I, we got together summer of 19. So we took a nice two-year break. Yeah. Uh, Two-and-a-half-year break. Summer of 19, we got together. We started playing. We're like, hmm, we actually still have it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, and so January of 20, I was just like, guys, we're going pro. I'm doing this. I want to put my head down. I want to commit. I'll do the business work. You know, I'll, I'll get us where we need to go. I'll learn the system, whatever it takes. And, uh, you know, let's go all in. And they committed. I committed. And that's kind of how it all began. Wow. So, so I mean, actually, I, I was thinking it was sort of the other way around. So uh, Mike's passing actually sort of made you guys realize, let, let's, let's do this. Let's do this for real. Yeah, yes, a hundred million percent. I, I can I can literally remember the moment that Devin called me in Vegas. And I remember the hallway. I remember him saying, it. "He's like, dude, I just left Mike's funeral." And I wasn't close with Mike. Yeah, uh, Devin was. Mm -hmm. Devin was, and Billy was. And Devin was torn up, and he was just like, "Dude, we have to." You know, he was emotional, and he was just like, "We have to do this. We have to see it through." And I was just like, "Dude, twist my arm, let's go." Yeah. And I think we were in my we were in my basement where we rehearsed. I think literally a week later. Wow. And so you mentioned that's right at the start of 2020. Obviously, uh, every listener is familiar what else happened in 2020. So you you start, and then you hit, have a pandemic. What? How does the group deal with that? Yeah, January January of twenty, we make this monster commitment. Yeah, two and a half months later, the world comes to a complete stop. Uh, Good coincidence, right there. I had two options at that point. You can call it a day or just wait. Uh, but I, I'm just not that type of person, and so I basically just took the bull by the horn. Uh, I drove my guys crazy to get over to my house, and we just kind of spaced out at the house, mm -hmm. uh, and, and and we wrote our EP, Nocturnal Youth. Um, we recorded Nocturnal Youth in a safe studio with nobody around, mm -hmm. you know, with a very cool producer who was working during that time privately with, you know, and, and then we hired a film crew that did eight videos during the pandemic for us. Uh, so I, I literally put my head down and I engaged with everyone imaginable across the world. I advertised our band incessantly. We did eight videos, put out the EP. And basically, I, I, I wasn't letting the pandemic kick our ass. I, 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 you know, you can't kick the pandemic, but I can tell you that Pistols at Dawn uh, definitely, you know, grew and evolved through the pandemic and created its base um, of supporters through the fan pandemic worldwide. And that's because, you know, you have a captive audience at home needing entertainment. And I saw it as an opportunity. As horrible as it was, and as many people who died, you know, God rest their souls, but... Um, 
I took it as an opportunity, and it it bode well for us. Yeah. You know, fortunately or unfortunately. Yeah. Well. It, well. So, you guys have had some changes in the band. <laughs> you, you you just recently had. So you, you you've you basically retooled. So you got John on vocals, and like I mentioned, you've got Will on guitar, and then you got Katsu on bass. Uh, Gabriel. Gabriel. These fellas are all pretty young. But they uh, they seem super talented, and they uh, it seems like it'd be like an injection of energy. Is it monster yeah. injection of energy of enthusiasm of of just just the greatest guys, the greatest talents, and want nothing more than to than to play music and entertain people and write music and just be a part of it and do all the stuff that you do and and. Um, they're so vibrant and everybody loves them and they're so nice. I don't even know how to tell you, but the, the, the answer to your question of why, uh, which you may ask is, is very simple as you evolve as a band, as a pro band and you tour a ton and you write music and you put, you know, major dollars are spent. Um, you know, we're a very serious band and we're a very serious business Mm -hmm. and it's the type of thing where unfortunately, whether it be people's mental demons or drug demons or alcohol demons or, you know, it's the typical band stuff you hear about. And, uh, or just, you know, we even had a member, I'm not going to say who, but we had a member who just wanted to go be a dad. Yeah. Uh, you know, he had a ki- he had kids and I've heard that he one happen a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we, we, you know, at the time we hugged it out, uh, and you know, wished him the best. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but you know, changes happen. And uh, the evolution of this band hopefully has ended uh, as far as the membership. We'll yeah. see. But, you know, I, as I told my band members in 20 when I when I said to them, let's go pro, um, you know, I'm all in. So, you know, we're either going hell or high water. I mean, and so, you know, if people are going to slow the band down or there's going to be drama or anything like that, and I'm not saying there is or was or anything. It's more just uh, this focused. band is a great this band's a freight train and, and we're going to move forward regardless. These guys are all mega talent. Uh, we've already played multiple shows together. They are all the musicians on fly radio edit mm-hmm. that you have. And, uh, that, you know, just hit billboard top 40 media base, top 40 secondary top 40, the whole thing. And, you know, we're just flying up the charts and having a great time. And hopefully we'll announce our first headlining tour shortly. And, and, uh, we're going to Europe in February with father. Nice. Flying up the charts, pun intended. Uh, you, uh, you being the remaining founding member, I mean, it sounds like you, uh, like you already said, you're trying to keep all of those founding principles intact of when you founded that, that band, that's the idea. You're, you're keeping that going with, with the new band members. Oh, a million percent. And what's super cool about them is they, they respect the fact that, you know, a gazillion hours of work has already been done. Mm-hmm. Multiple records have already been made. You know, lots of money has already been spent. You know, they, they, they're just so excited to be a part of it. And they want to, you know, I think it was Will who, who coined it perfectly recently. He was like the new era. You know, when we hit top 40 with Media Base, he was like the new era has begun, you know. And they realize they're the new era. Mm-hmm. And I can be completely honest with you and tell you that writing the new album with them for 24, that's going to blow you out of your mind and everyone else 
these guys are are machines. They're riding machine. I mean, they 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 had a, a couple day riding session down in Miami recently, uh, where two of them live, and um, dude, they sent me the tracks that we had been you know mm-hmm. cultivating mm-hmm. for the new album. I mean, albums albums pretty much done musically. I mean, it, it, you know, I sent them down there. I mean, it was funny. You want to hear a funny story? I, I get a call from our radio people and they're like, hey, we need we need a, a radio edit to fly. There's mm-hmm. too much screaming in the original version for radio. And I was like, well, I mean, you know, we had, we had a membership change and they're like, you know, well, is he good? And I was like, of course he's good. They're like, great, we want a radio edit and we want it now. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to do that, but okay. So I called my guys up and I was mm-hmm. like, hey, they want a radio edit to go to radio. Mm-hmm. They're like, no problem, we'll have it recorded immediately, we'll have it right back to you. I was like, excuse me? And, and I not. Three days later, they sent me the track that you're hearing today. <laughs> Fully mastered. I mean, they already had, we already had the bones from, yeah. obviously, our previous production. But they went and redid the, all the guitars, all the vocals, and all the bass. And that's the track that you have on the radio today for Fly Radio Edit. And um, wow, that was three days. <laughs> three days in Miami. Send me the track. I send it to our radio people, and that is the track that just hit Billboard Top 40 Rock charts yesterday. That's some that's some grinding right there. That is. So let me tell you. Let me tell you. The future is bright. The future is vibrant. And the future. The future, uh, my friend, is young. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you got like you said. You you wrote. I mean, so the last album is obviously the previous iteration of Pistols at Dawn. And, but yeah. and I was going to ask you as far as you know writing with the new guys. So you've already done a good amount of writing with John and Will and Gabriel. Dude, dude, we got back from the Ugly Kid Joe Fozzie tour uh, two weeks later. Will and I uh, started writing the new album musically. Mm-hmm. Uh, he already had a host of tracks mm-hmm. that he was just like, "Hey, what about this? What about that? What about this? What about that?" You know, we tweaked them all and. Boom, we had tracks instantly right after that tour. And then we brought in John and Gabe, and boom, they had tracks. And then, you know, we all got together and we created tracks. And it was just, it was just bing, bang, boom. I mean, nice. here we are, you know, you know, they, they've been in the band, you know, two months. Yeah. Uh, you know, and they're top 40 artists now, and, they're, and they've, they've toured with the band already, and they've already written the new album. So I'm, I'm, my, my, I'm, my, I'm excited like no other. Nice, nice. Well, Will seems to be—he uh, seems to be a big White Snake fan. I was watching a lot of those videos. There is he. Uh, does he? Do do you feel the the '80s rock influence in his writing? Do you do you get any of that in there? Yeah. Oh, a million percent. I mean, if you put him and Angus Young and and uh, Eddie Van Halen and uh, in a room, I mean, they—it's like they'd all be buddies. You know, it's it's just. What? Will's just, I, I, yes, I mean, he's just an 80s rock god <laughs> at 22. I mean, I don't even know, I don't know how. Yeah. But, he, I mean, dude, when I saw his audition tapes, when he auditioned before we put out the Ascension mm-hmm. uh, record, he, um, <laughs> it was just like, I mean, this kid looks like, looks like Eddie Van Halen on stage. Yeah. And like, he's like dancing around and I'm just like, what? And he's shredding like no other, and I'm just like, this can't be. And he's that. He is that person. <laughs> yeah, and it does. I mean, most of the time, like you said, he's just smiling as he does it. Just no, 
Oh, oh not not most of the time. He has eternal smile, eternal smile on his face. He's the happiest guy you've ever met in your life, and he can play the most technical guitar uh, no uh, solos in the world, and he crafts them. And let me tell you, I mean, you know, that's one of our trademarks now. And I challenged him when we went on the road with Tremonti and with Van Hitt, uh, Wolfgang Van Halen because we were going to be playing with two of the best guitarists on the planet. Yeah. So here's what, here's the challenge. I was like, we can go play as a BS opening act mm. and just kind of do our thing, play our five, six songs and play our five, six songs and get off stage and be nobody. Mm-hmm. Or, you know what we can do? When I'm 105 years old and on my deathbed, I can look back and know that we grabbed our stones and we did something that no one on the face of the earth would ever do. And, and so the first night of the tour with Tremonti and with Wolfgang Van Halen out in Oklahoma uh, last March, we, we, you know, we get there. They don't know us from a hole in the wall. We're just the opener. Right. You know, they all pet us on the head. We get on stage. and We didn't even get on stage. What I challenged Will to do was to write one of the sickest solos of all time and open the set in front of 6,000 people with it. Mm-hmm. So from side stage, so fate, imagine this. You're there to see that you're there. It's a packed house in Oklahoma. 6,000 people are mm-hmm. there. They're literally all there at the start. They fade to black. No one comes on stage. All you hear is Will shredding from side stage, mm-hmm. As at which point he, he steps onto the stage and just goes off on one of the craziest two and a half minute solos you could ever fathom. And then the band comes up and we go into our first song. But let me tell you, there aren't many guitarists on the planet who would accept that challenge. And in fact, he didn't at first. He thought I was crazy. You know, who's going to go solo in front of Wolfgang and Tremonti at their show? Yeah. We are. We are. That's Pistols of Dawn. And it's very simple. I I challenged him. And then when he challenged me back and said, no, I said, you're doing it. <laughs> and I was like, you are one of the best guitarists on the planet, and we're going to show the world in your, in your very first tour with This Is The Dawn. And we did. And he played, killed it. And literally, uh, half the nights of that tour that we were out with him, you'd see Tremonti come out and watch. You'd see all the, all the different members come out and watch. Van Halen would come out and watch. Will, solo. Because, it's, it, you know, the kid's so special yeah. and so cool. And, and we do that to start every single show now. Nice. Well, I mean, that's not, that's not like... Not show, that's not showing up. That's just confidence, man. Like you know, I mean, that's that's you know, it, it, it's that '80s rock too. You think about you, you think about uh, Van Halen and Steve Vai and Joe Satriani and all of these guys that were out there making like basically challenging each other. Can I look better than this guy? Can I look better than this guy? And I mean, you're you, when when you when you're doing that at 22. That's pretty. Uh, that's pretty awesome with Will. He's yeah. Sky's the limit for this kid, and I intend to put him out front to achieve that limit. Nice, nice. Well, now what's the? You mentioned a couple of those plans uh, fairly quickly, but what's what's the rest of the plans for Pistols at Dawn here uh, for 2023, and then going into 2024? Yeah. So uh, as soon as we got off tour, we've been writing the album, and mm-hmm. so between now and the end of the year, we'll finish the new album. Uh, which we're so excited about. I mean, it's it's bad. It's, it's going to be the perfect evolution from Ascension. Nice. And um, so that'll come out. Uh, we just played a bunch of some festivals, benefits, stuff like that. We're playing in Vegas at the end of the month for, for G2 radio conference. 
And then we are announcing shortly our, our first headlining tour, which we'll do in November, it looks like. Uh, so that's, and it's going to be a full U.S. tour, probably 20, 30 days. And uh, we're very excited about that. So that should come out soon. And then in the very, very early part of next year, we're going to go to Europe and plant our flag in the U.K. and play with Fozzie and destroy um, England and uh, Scotland and Wales. And hopefully branch out a bit more from there and really plan our fag in Europe. We're going to spend a bunch of time over there. And, uh, and then basically spend the rest of 24 uh, touring incessantly on the new album, which we just, you know, we're over the moon on. That's, uh, that's a good spot for rock, Europe. They love oh, it. Oh, oh, yes, yes. And we, our music fits Europe, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, they love they love commercial hard rock and that's us to a court, you know, to the, to the bone and, um, going back one more second. And also, you know, with fly mm-hmm. radio edit, we're going to see that through to the end of this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, already, like I said, we're at top 40 on all of the charts, mm-hmm. uh, which is just a blessing to us in four weeks for sure. Uh, with so much radio support from, from you and others. And, and, um, you know, there's no end in sight for that. So we really want to ride that out for the rest of the year and see how, just how far we can take it so we're going to tour a good bit uh the rest of the year to blow it up and then go plant our flag in europe you got uh you you got las vegas coming up in a matter of days right you're playing las vegas at Next the week. hard rock yeah yeah playing the strip i'm real excited we're playing with sleep theory nice. it's gonna be a good show fantastic yeah. well i i mean i mean I, I definitely want to see the ride of of fly but i'm very excited to hear this new music i'm very very excited to hear it Dude, it's like, like, I can't even tell you, like, I was excited about Ascension. I knew we had, yeah. I knew we had really, a really great album, mm-hmm. uh, with a great producer and great, great, great everything. I yeah. was really excited about it. I'm pro- proud of it. I'm really proud of it the rest of my life. Yeah. Uh, this new album, this, this is going to be our nevermind. This is going nice. to be our appetite for destruction. This is going to be the one that it's going to, it's going to, it's going to change, change our lives. I think, I mean, that's my, just my personal opinion. I love it. I love it. Adam, we are up against a break, man. I want to thank you for coming on the show and talking with us today. It's been, it's been such an honor. Obviously, all of your listeners, uh, if they want to follow us, we engage a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we love meeting people at our shows and whatnot. They can see us at Pistols of Dawn Band on Facebook, at Pistols of Dawn Official on Instagram, Pistols of Dawn Band.com for everything. And uh, listen, it was a total, total uh, pleasure being here today. And anytime you want us back, I'll bring the full band next time. And uh, just say the word, and we're there. And, uh, you know, we will get down to Jacksonville and throw down for you shortly. I'm hoping so, man. I'm hoping so. Right now, let's hold ourselves over here with Fly, right here on the Doc G Show. Oh! 
And we are back here on the Doc G a show you just heard Pistols at Dawn. Fantastic group. Thanks for Adam for coming on the show. My goodness, what a shredder on guitar. Yes. Right, Mike? Yeah, he is. Crushes. Will. He's got a good uh yeah, he's 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 all over the place with that. Now, I don't think you heard in the interview, but just take a guess. How old do you think that guy is? Hmm. I'm going to guess like 28, 22. 22 what? Okay. 22. Well over. <laughs> yeah, well I mean just like that like to be that amazing at 22? That's insane, man. Yeah, he's killing it. That's insane. I would. I'm. I guess twenty eight, just because of his like abilities. Exactly. Think, well, that's well, anything, that's yeah. that's why I ask. Uh, you know, that's what I thought you would say, because you're like, there's no way a twenty two year old could be that good. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous, man. Uh, but awesome. but uh, yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to just sit and watch him play solos all day. I gotta be honest. For sure. Pretty impressive. Yeah, he's he's amazing. But uh, shout out to uh, Pistols at Dawn. Make sure you check out their uh, new single. Uh, fly the radio edit uh, but otherwise Mike we need to move on to the fastest growing segment in the world Mike's the top three Woo! Mike um, I'm going to be honest with you I'm not going to sugarcoat it for the part time semi regular listeners from India I wasn't exci- as excited about India as I was about Japan mm. I mean there were cool yeah. parts don't get me wrong Definitely cool parts of India, but I'm more psyched about Japan still. Yeah, Japan's got some cool stuff. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and again, don't get me wrong. Cool things, India. Yeah, there were some cool spots, and I've got I've got several here on my list. But right now, Japan wins out. And if you think I'm wrong, Indian listeners, send me your thoughts. Send me your here's where I gotta go. That's way better. Win me over. I'm still not going to come to either, but win me over, guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mike, do you have any uh, any honorable mentions? Yeah, for sure. You're definitely not going to see this in Japan. Okay. The Wall of Death stunt show. Mm. The Wall of Death stunt show. Yeah. My Lord, I have not heard of this, and it immediately yeah. has scared it me. It looks pretty wild. What, they... What? Uh, Wall of Death. How do I describe show. this? They drive vehicles, oh, motorcycles, okay. cars. Yeah, I got you. In like a circle, but like on a vertical, like almost a vertical wall. Yeah, just in circles. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty wild. And they like get really close to the crowd. People are tipping them and like they're grabbing money out of the cars. People are hanging outside of their cars while they're driving, almost horizontally. Like it's yeah, it's pretty much insane. it's pretty much completely horizontal there. And yeah. uh, I would say I there's no way in <laughs> do that. I mean I'd wa- I I watch, but there's no way I'm yeah for sure. I'm I'm driving one of those motorcycles. All right, no. Way. Any other uh, no honorable no mentions? Way. Um, Akshardham Temple. That place looks pretty cool. It's a temple. It's made out of like it's like a hundred percent granite. Um, that place looks. Straight up CGI. Oh like, yeah, uh, if you, uh, some of the pictures. Yeah, 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 yeah. Say, I remember so. looking. Those would be a couple places. Largest Hindu temple. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That one's wild. Yeah, that place is wild. It's yeah, uh, it that's that's a fun one. I like that. I like that. Uh, Mike. Yeah, that's it. Um. Okay. Let's see. I'm trying to decide how I would order these. Um. 
because <laughs> uh, I didn't put them in order all the way. Um, okay, yeah. I'm going to say, for my honorable mention, I'm going to put Anjuna Beach, A-N-J-U-N-A Beach. Um, it's a very nice beach, very tropical. Uh, apparently, it was part of the hippie trail back in the 60s. So hmm. a lot of okay. you know a lot of traveling hippies just sort of ended up there and were like yeah that's where I live now, so it's still got a <laughs> lot of uh, hippie vibes there you know so that's real fun so it, it looks that's like cool. a real nice time yeah yeah and then uh, uh, I don't know how I'm gonna screw this up as well as far as pronouncing this but Madi Lang Madi Lang Park in Meg Meghalaya India. Mati Lang Park. It's a uh, Mike. It's it, it is lovely tropical look here as far as yeah. Mati Lang Park. It's wild. They got all kinds of awesome uh, waterfalls in there. Uh, it's just uh, it looks like a very cool time. So putting that one on the uh, honorable mention as well. Okay. So now I've got to my top three, and I'll go ahead and give you my uh, my third, which my third. Is Dudes Dud Falls, <laughs> huh? Dud Falls in Goa. Yeah, Dud Falls in Goa. My goodness, Mike. Now this this I will say as far as uh, as far as waterfalls, it's it's right up there with uh, Japan's. Uh, except this one, like it's wild. If you take a look at this thing, it's like massive, and it goes up the side of a of a cliff. It's crazy. You got a, you got Whoa. a picture on this thing? Yeah. Yeah, it's like three waterfalls that like merge together yeah. to like create one massive waterfall. Yeah. It's it, Ooh. It's pretty crazy, Mike. You always find the good waterfalls. I'm a, I'm a big fan of waterfalls, <laughs> man. Uh I am too. Yeah. I pretty much uh in my in my old stomping grounds uh in Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, uh West Virginia. Not too many waterfalls that I haven't been to. Uh, hmm. I'm, I'm a big fan, and none of none of those waterfalls, by the way, come anywhere close to that waterfall. That thing. Yeah, that's a wild. One. That's that's impressive. That is some wild stuff right there. But Mike, you're number three. Yeah, my number three. Uh, India does have some beautiful, like tropical situations. Very much uh, so. The and. Andaman and Nicobar Islands, like that place is just incredible. Uh, I mean, I should have put what you would imagine. I should have put that on my uh, honorable mentions. That definitely should have been yeah. on there because uh, I did uh, go Nicobar. by the old Nicobar. I mean, that's like, yeah, it's like you said. That's what you would think of, just like tropical island paradise sort of yeah. deal. Yeah, that's like pure calendar. Like every single photo is just. Amen. Incredible. Amen. Amen. Yeah. 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 Number, number two? two for me, Mike. This is hard, but I feel like I need to just go the city, Mumbai. I need to go yeah. Mumbai. It uh, it's just such a big, important city in the world. It's the sixth biggest city in the world, and uh, you know, it's just it's mentioned a whole bunch in different uh, in different songs and whatnot. You know. And like, yeah, I just I need I need to go there. Like, I don't I don't want to hang out there too much because it is very crowded and it's a a, <laughs> a, a very populated city. But I, I want to check it out. I want to see it. So there you go, number two, yeah. Mumbai. Looks cool. 
Um, all right. So uh, for me, my number two, I would want to go to the Statue of Unity. Um, hmm. 597 feet high. It's the tallest statue in the world. It is, oh, I did yeah, the math, yeah, yeah. it's four Statue of Liberties tall. Now, I got a little schematic here that it's comparing the Statue of Unity to yeah. a Buddha statue in China and then mm. uh, the Statue of Liberty and then the Motherland Calls Russia statue and the Christ uh, the Redeemer statue. Um, yeah. Man, the, the Christ Redeemer statue is teeny compared to that thing. Oh, come on! Yeah. Christ Redeemer statue is 38 meters and this thing is 182 meters. Good Lord, that guy. He sort of just sticks out, too. I mean, good Lord. He's, like, not, yeah, not around anything. <laughs> no, nah, it's, it's it's also one of those, like, CGI-looking yeah. uh, things. Like, this, like, whoa, this yeah, if I, if I, I got to be honest. If I saw that on social media, I'd definitely think that was just some kind of AI bullshit. I'd be like, yeah, it's a, <laughs> don't believe this at all. Fake. <laughs> Fake. Uh. But uh, that's great. All right, my number one, Mike. It might be your number one. I would be. I, well, I wouldn't be surprised. You always throw some curveballs in there. But uh, my number one, Taj Mahal. Oh, Taj Mahal. I should have. That should have been an. I knew. I, I knew uh, it was going to be a curveball yeah. that I wasn't going to be your number one, man. I mean, look at it yeah. though. It's just so spectacular. It's just yeah, now, it is. I do hear all the time as far as like it's very, you know, the it's not the best as far as like tourists and whatnot. Like it's very mm -hmm. difficult to like get through there and get cool pictures and everything like that. So like if I went, I'd need to like uh, bribe my way into like an awesome private tour of it or something. So I could get all the yeah the, the best the best pics of it the best uh, sentiments for sure. My brother for has sure, an awesome sure. pic, by the way, when he was in India of of the Taj Mahal that he has going up his uh as his stairwell. Um, oh really? Yeah, he went there. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, very cool, very cool. Um, Mike, you're I just learned that they sorry, I just learned that they based the um the Aladdin castle mm -hmm. off the Taj Mahal. Yes, they designed it. It was uh, yes. Very, very true. Uh, inspired by it. Yeah. So number one, number Mike. One, uh, yeah. My number one would be Utter Car. Utter. I didn't try saying these for you. Uh, didn't Atara, practice. Atara Canned. Uh, that, that, that's a city, but basically it would be so cool to go on one of those like roads and do like a tour of the Himalayas. Cause it's mm. like right where the Himalayas are. And like all these like crazy videos of the, the Himalayan mountains yeah. are filmed in this city. So it'd be cool to go there and just like drive around. Sort of like and, uh, base camp city. Yeah. Base camp city for sure. Yeah. And that's as far as I'm going on like any of those mountain treks. No way. Yeah. I would never climb any of those things. Yeah. I can, I can take a, I can, I can take a, um, a drone the rest of the way up, you know? Just yeah. Yeah. Watch some good YouTube videos see, for sure. See what you got up there. That's, that's cool enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you, nah. some of those cities like that, uh, at the base, you're, you're like talking still like 12,000 feet in elevation and things, man. Yeah, still it's, you're still ridiculously yeah, high up there. Yeah, it's it's nuts. But that's I like that one, Mike. That nice nature, nice nice nature for your last your top one. That's very good. For sure, for sure, for sure. All right, Pan Mike. Islands. India turned out better than I thought. I'm pretty excited about it now. All right, 
I, I, I'm still st- sorry, India. Still got Japan beating you. Yeah, Japan's amazing. Still, still got it out got there. there. But uh, you're 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 a close second now, Mike. Mike, uh, you got mm-hmm. uh, you got uh, our topic for next week. Yeah, you know, I just like wrote this down as we were doing our uh, you know our shout outs to the five stars okay. and like top three German things to do. Like, what would you do in Germany? What would be your top three? <laughs> this is turned in to Mike and <laughs> Mike and Ben travel the world through their show. That's what happened. All right, next week after Germany, we'll all switch it up to like top 3 video games. I like it. Like we're that. we're going to yeah. we're going to take a break from traveling for a little bit, but Germany yeah. will be be had first. We'll talk about Germany. We're going to yeah, we'll talk about Germany. We're going to have Germany. Uh, I've got a couple in my head already of Germany that I would like to see. All right. There's all right. there's been a th- couple things in, in in you know that I've been eyeing in Germany. That's a pretty easy one too. Like as far as like, okay. as far as travel, I'm saying, you know, yeah. like as India and Japan, you're talking like minimum like Huge. 14 hour flight. Yeah, and that's a fast oh, flight. Yeah, okay. You know, yeah, but when you're yeah, talking yeah. Germany, you can get there like six hours. You know. Yeah. That's doable. Right across the pond. Yeah, that's yeah. doable. Yeah. Any, anyways, Germany. Write it down, listeners. Your, your, your top three things you want to do: C, B, all of those things mm-hmm. in Germany. Mike, we've got two birthday suits left. What uh, do we got? I've got a basketball-related one. I've got a, a a rap one. I am confident that you will get both. But which one would you rather have first? Let's go with the rapper. Rapper first, here's the condensed clue. Had the very famous albums The Carter, Carter 2, 3. Jay-Z. Carter, Carter 2. Ah, Lil Wayne, my bad. Little Wayne is correct. Lil Wayne, I got too excited, sorry. It's it's all right, you heard the Carter and you were like, I I confused that. Sean Carter, that's why, you know. Uh. They go Sean Carter as far as Jay-Z, it makes sense. Uh, but you got to remember, hey, Mr. Carter. Hey, Mr. Carter, where have you been? Mm. Such a good song. What? Off of the Carter 3. I have to say okay. my favorite Carter probably of Little Wayne's is, is Carter 2, I would say, was I, I think his best. A lot of people put it at 3, I think, because 3 was the most popular as far as, like, sales that he had. So that was the one that had yeah. Lollipop. That one had Get Money on it. That one had uh, uh, Mr. Carter <laughs> had a lot of jams on it. Honestly, unpopular opinion. I'm not a fan of that guy. Like, I, I'm not a fan. Not a fan of the voice. You can't say that on his yeah. birthday, Mike. I'm sorry. You I'm can't sorry. say hey, that on his birthday. Congratulations. Thank you for like uh, your, um, the, you know, making skateboarding cool and uh, and you know that stuff. Uh, and I think it's also impressive, Lil Wayne. Apparently, he like raps just off the top of his head. He doesn't write anything down. Like he, he just goes into the studio, yeah. hears a beat, and just like starts rapping, which is like incredible. So, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I'm a big fan. Sorry. I'm a big fan. He's he's won me over. Uh, so you know, he. I mean, he's been rapping since he's 13 years old, Mike. He's 41 yeah. now. He's been rapping since wow. he's 13. Became a member of the Hot Boys first. Then he went on solo, uh, and then, uh, you know, it was his fifth, sixth, and seventh albums that that shot him into the stratosphere. That and the fact that he, like, had, like, you know, 
450 features during a span of like five years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he sold over 200 million records worldwide. He's won five Grammys. Wow. Sorry, Avril. Uh, eight NAACP Image Awards. Uh, in 2012, he became the first solo male artist to pass Elvis with the most entries on the Billboard Hot 100 chart with 109 songs. Jeez. Mm. 109. That is insane. Anyways, happy birthday prolific. to Lil Wayne. Yes, very prolific. Very, very prolific. Uh, he uh, has a lot of tattoos. Yeah, he does. You know, he he has ran out of room. He's one of those guys. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> he literally just, uh, like, he started covering up old tattoos with new tattoos. And it's just like, I, huh. yeah. As he, 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 I mean, it's sort of like Travis Barker. That guy's ran out of room. He doesn't have any Yeah, he's either. got a lot. Uh, okay, Mike. The, uh, the last birthday suit, three for three, hot week. You've turned it into a hot week here. Uh, here's the condensed clue. Head coach of the Golden State Warriors. Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr is correct. I gotta say, Mike, I'm a huge Steve Kerr fan. Me too. Love Steve Kerr for multiple reasons. I mean, playing reasons. I mean, just had it hard too. You know, I mean that when you learn about that on uh, on uh, the Last Dance, where you find out his dad was executed, was murdered in Beirut. Lebanon when he was a professor mm. and he finds that out while he's in college like that's just nobody needs yeah, to go through terrible. that it's horrible Ugh. man you yeah know? it sucks and uh I mean and then makes it to the NBA draft when I mean he barely even got he barely got a scholarship for college and he gets in the draft and then he gets to the Bulls and I mean he wins three championships with them infam- infamously gets punched by Michael Jordan and then goes at Michael Jordan, punches him back, like, yeah, yeah, I'm here. And you're like, oh. <laughs> you know, everybody else on the team's like, I don't know, Steve, you might not want to do that. It's probably a bad idea. <laughs> uh, but, like, famously hit the game-winning shot, second championship in 1997, won two championships with the Spurs, then retired, went to broadcasting, was a general manager for the Suns, went back to commentating and broadcasting, and then became uh, the head coach of the Warriors, four championships with the Warriors. Four championships. Um, Do you ever, uh, I get this in my feed every once every couple months, but his championship speech with- uh, Why don't we go to Steve? Yeah. Yeah, I love that one. It's one of my favorite. I mean, you got, that's, that's another thing about Steve is like, I mean, that's some good effing delivery there. Yeah, it was. I mean, pro, he, pro delivery. He didn't have any writer there or anything. He's got that story all ready to go about how he saved the day and was awesome, and Jordan's too nervous to take the shot. And he's like, <laughs> I don't know, coach. I don't feel if I feel right. Maybe we should go in another direction. How about Steve? And I thought, all right, I got to save Michael again. <laughs> uh, like, just awesome. Uh, in front, yeah. in front of like 150,000 uh, Bulls fans there in the park. Yeah, amazing, for sure. man. Shout out yeah. to Steve Kerr turning. Shout let's out. see, what is Steve turning? Thirty or, or thirty? That'd be amazing. Turning fifty-eight, Mike. Fifty-eight. Fifty-eight. Yeah. Shout out to Steve Kerr. Happy birthday, Steve. Mike, 
It has been a fantastic show. We have some fantastic guests, like I was saying, coming up on the show. I'm very excited. Next week, Toad, The Wet, Sprocket. And then the week after that, the fantastic Joanne Shaw Taylor. Cannot wait. Like I said, six great weeks of guests coming straight at you guys. But for now, we need to wrap it up. I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus, the Furnicus, Charette. Always a pleasure, Doc G. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. And until next week, zip it up and zip it out. Zip it a doodah.